Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You are a popular guy, Robert, because we have a uh, that, lot that of never, that's never good. What no, what happened now? No, no. We have a lot of Twitter questions, stars fans responding. Maybe it's because it was an exciting win. However, if you're listening right now, don't hesitate. Go to go to X Twitter at Robert Tiffin. Let's build his follower base. Um, because Robert's bringing it tonight and he brings it on Twitter. Some really good stars analytics to follow. I'm telling you the guys we have on spits and suds. I love promoting them. Uh, Sean Shapiro, David Castillo, Robert Tiffin, D magazines, bringing it. Uh, in fact, at crow Wi-Fi says, I can't wait. Love Robert's input. In fact, my dog's starting to bark in the background because he likes you as well. Yeah. Um, at Alan Brown 2023, do you think, Robert and Gavin, the Stars buy out Ryan Suter to re-sign Dutch? Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, but yeah. Dutch is, Duchesne's going to need a lot more money than you're going to save by, by buying out Suter. Yeah. So, yeah. I, that, I honestly, I don't actually think those two questions are too connected. And I also... More and more, I, I'm kind of doubting that Jim Nill is going to buy him out, both because he doesn't want to do that to a veteran and because with this D group, at least right now, as as this D group is, you, it would not be responsible, given how the coaches are using the defensemen, you can't really responsibly get rid of Ryan Suter if you don't have a replacement waiting. And, you know, Leon Bixel is is great and all, but you, you can't ask a kid to come in and be a pillar of your defense in yep. the way, you know, right or wrong, that's how Suter gets used by DeBoer. So you, you, what, what are you going to do if Pixel comes in and then doesn't earn DeBoer's trust, you know, uh, and then you have an even thinner defense group, right? Again, no one's saying Suter is the optimal option by far. <laughs> I, I've been saying that for a while that this isn't, again, you want, he's also a player in the playoffs we saw against Vegas that needed a little bit more sheltering against a, a big heavy team like that. But uh, there's a lot, there are a lot more questions to be answered, I guess. If you want to get in like the cap specifics and everything that they could do, you can have a whole lot of fun trying to buy people out, move money around and trade your bad players to other teams for good things. But, you know, the it's it's going to be trickier than that. And I, I think the trade deadline is when you're going to really see see the pieces get moved that'll answer those questions for us. So that's a total cop out. But I think it's probably less likely uh, that Suter gets bought out at this point, unless he really falls off for the second half of the season or the playoffs. I think they're going to ride him out for that last year of the contract, just given who they have right now. But that could change. Yeah, yeah. and I just don't think the buyout brings enough in yeah. return. Um, yeah, I mean, last I, I year think... they would have gotten more, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, who do you have to replace him? Right. So yeah, no, you, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, okay. Uh, Green Bay of Texas, love that name. Uh, at what point? Do we see 
Harleys, Time on Ice, Eclipse, Suitors. Also, so thankful we landed Duchesne this offseason. Absolutely on the second part. But it is interesting. I mean, I think we are seeing, you know, Thomas Harley, you know, the the time on ice is increasing. Obviously, his role with the uh, team is increasing as well. Yeah. He, uh, you know, it's interesting as much as people talk about, you know, Alexiak being like the the best partner that Miro's had. And that might be true. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of go back and forth on that. And, you know, if that is true, then poor, then poor Haskinen. Um, but, uh, but Alexiak had like the fifth, he was like fifth in, in even strength ice time tonight. He's even, even unseen, he's doing well on the, the coach loves him. You know, he's going to be there for a long time. This is not a top, top pair guy, or even a top four guy when it comes down to it. Alexiak is, is more in that kind of, you know, Yanni Hawk and Paw kind of type yeah. place top four, but really he's, He's a third pairing if if you want because he has some limitations, um, and I think I think Thomas Harley is kind of the reverse of that where you you want to keep his minutes down as much as you can because there's always a temptation to you know he was he was right behind Suter in, in ice time tonight you know for for second on the team behind Haskin and I mean he's been that good and the coaches are gonna we saw in the playoffs last year right DeBoer trusted him almost instantly because he showed he deserved it so I'm not worried about his ice time climbing it'll climb up naturally. Uh, yeah. We saw it last year. I think you already kind of can see what the coaches are going to do right now. It's more about managing it. And again, if you know, Lindell and Hockenpah are going to play two minutes on every penalty kill, like they've been doing more or less for the right. last 10, 15 games. Hey, if it's working and, and Ottinger or Wedgwood are cleaning up behind them, I, I don't know if that's, you know, going to work in the playoffs, but if it saves some wear and tear on players like Harley, then great. Right. The last thing you want is one of them getting banged up because they're out there, you know, killing a penalty in a five, one game or something like that. So yeah, I, I actually think it's fine right now. Absolutely. And for our newer Spits and Suds listeners, um, because I like to at times to stop and say, okay, this is what it means. TOI is time on ice and you can find it, you know, right in most box scores. And it's really important for a couple of reasons. The more you're on the ice, the more valuable you are on the team, the more the coaches trust you. And let me give an example. As far as stars defensemen on the ice tonight, Miro led the way 27 minutes, 10 seconds. Ryan Suter, 21-12. But then look, Thomas Harley is at 20-20, so really close. Essa Lindell, 19-55. Yanni Hockenpah, 18-10. Now, we, we, we talked about how Joel Hanley's playing well and had a good game tonight. But I just read you all those time on ice. Nine minutes, 37 seconds on the ice for mm-hmm. Joel Hanley. They protect him. Yeah. So he, they, he doesn't do kill penalties either, which yeah. really hurts. I mean, that's... That's why in an ideal world, someone like Hawkenpaw would be a perfect third pairing defense, which he effectively was tonight when, when all was said and done, um, especially because of the three on three. But that's that's where you want a player like Hawkenpaw because he can help you on special teams. I mean, it's kind of like fourth line forwards, right? The ideal depth forward is someone who can help you maybe on your second power play or your penalty killing unit. Um, and then, you know, you can trust him enough to, to roll him out there every fourth shift uh, at even strength. Um, but, but Hanley isn't really trusted, you know, they'll play him on the penalty kill if the people in the box or whatever, but you know, he doesn't have the reach of some bigger players, which coaches really like in the penalty kill to shut down lanes. Um, he's not particularly quick either. So he's not really going to, you know, skate himself out of trouble or, or get to pucks first. So he's not really a great option, uh, that coaches want to go to on the penalty kill. So, so in a game like this, especially in the third period, finding him minutes is just something that's not going to be a priority, especially when you have Thomas Harley that you can rotate with a bunch of other partners to, to still keep the pairings going. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, at damn it, Jason, <laughs> Jason Uh-oh. says, I would like to know what Italian Gurianov thinks about the AHL. I'll hang up and listen. 
Yeah. So uh, for, for perspective, um, 22 games for Dennis Gurionov with the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, 22 games, 21 points. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, Dennis Gurionov is Dennis Gurionov. His his skills are his skills. Uh, and he's he's good at the things he's good at. And, you know, he's... The the handful of times that I've that I've spoken with him, I found him to be a quiet, very nice guy yep. who's probably you know, it, it, imagine being a first round pick in that draft uh, in what was it 2014 I think or 2015 no 2015 yeah. I can't remember I think it was 2015 because Honka was 2014 uh, first round pick in that draft right they passed up Barzal Kyle Connor all these guys uh, and picked you and all the expectations constantly are on you I mean that's that's a tough position to be in. Um, yeah. Uh, good for Dennis Kirionov. He's going to, he's a great hockey player. He's going to have yeah. a career playing professional hockey for a long time. You know, good for him. It's too bad. It didn't work out in Dallas. It's too bad. Yeah. It apparently isn't going to work out in Nashville, but uh, you know, who knows? He could, is, he's still relatively young. We've seen yeah. players like this revive their careers before. It'd be a, it'd be a super special to see him, see him yeah. do that. I think it's a great point how you said and Sean's echoed your sentiments that he's had several conversations with with Dennis and really, really nice. Dennis um, hired a tutor to learn to speak English. Um, Dennis wanted to come and play the North American game and learn it. So as you know, he tried to do everything right. And sometimes athletes, it just doesn't happen, mm-hmm. you know, um, so. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't want Dennis Guriano, yeah. from my perspective, being the butt of every joke because. Well, you know, and I, you want to be careful. He has a law degree too, so you don't want to libel him either. I mean, you'll get in trouble. <laughs> and, and and I raised my hand. I whiffed on that one. I watched yeah. him in World Juniors playing for Team Russia, mm-hmm. and I mean, that guy was a rocket down the wing. So yeah. with a rocket of a shot, and he did score one of the biggest goals in Dallas Stars history. So yeah, yeah, I'll never. Yeah. You know, you always have those memories, right? It's like yeah, Joel absolutely, Kimiranta, right? You don't have yeah. to. You know, oh yeah. You don't have to see him as good or bad or, or, you know, a bust or a success. I mean, you right. enjoy the good stuff. You know, he's got some pretty good NHL memories already and he's still, he's still a lot younger than all of us. So good for him. Yeah. At Sportia underscore Meteor says bargain signing of the entire league, meaning Duchesne in the off season. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, great job by uh, Jim Nil convincing that because many teams were after, uh, after Matt Duchesne you know, accepted a discount. Granted, he was bought out of Nashville. So he had a little, he had the bag already, so to speak. Um, all right. At cause Rudy, Rudy says, hate to hand a point to the Kraken. Happy to take both points. Need the offense to pick it up and not just flash for a period, but for the entire 60 minutes. It's, a, it's an interesting point. I mean, I don't know. I didn't necessarily see overall like we've seen as far as that stars roller coaster through three periods i thought you know each period i thought they played you know good i i thought that was the first period i thought they were terrific i think it's again it comes back to the the top line you know it's gonna have its ebbs and flows uh and i i think the hope is still that the top line will kind of get get hot for a while and, and and go crazy like we've seen they're capable of doing they're also still piling up points which it's not nothing they're just not quite dominating the nhl so they've set a really high bar for themselves but really i mean th- look at it this way they're up you know three two if they score a power play in the third period they go up four two you know that makes it more likely they score an empty net goal right with the two goal lead they pulled the goalie earlier uh, this could have been a five two game where you say wow Duchesne scored a bunch the power play chipped in they had the six on five goal everything's great so it's that fine a uh, uh, margin between 
you know, oh, everything's wrong or the offense is scuffling. This isn't a complete game and feeling like it's a wonderful game. So, yes, there's stuff to fix in the power play. We, uh, you know, they, they insist on continuing to, to bomb shots from the point or try to wing things into traffic from, from the sides. And, and, you know, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But uh, if the power play just, just chips in one, again, just like the Seattle series in the spring, I keep harping on it, just, just a little bit from the power play, and that's enough in this game to turn it from, you know, oh, man, had to go to overtime versus, oh, that was a really dominant win against a team they should beat. So I don't know. I find I, it's, I'm not worried. I'm still not yeah. worried. Yeah. Uh, Rupert at Odysseus 1491. When should we begin discussing Matt Duchesne's extension? Rupert, uh, Robert and others will not allow me to talk about it. So <laughs> even though my name's on the podcast, I'm not allowed to talk about it. S- submit a full brief with all of the cap implications yes. for the next five years and I'll get back to you. <laughs> As Sean says, that's a May topic. So <laughs> We'll leave that for May for now until I do a podcast by myself and then I'll mention it. So keep, keep listening, Rupert, and we'll get it in just when nobody's, uh, nobody's looking. Yeah. I suppose All I right. can't stop you then. Okay. <laughs> uh, my man, Jordan H at Harper, a hockey fan. Got to love Thomas Harley's awareness and overtime. Heck yeah. What an amazing place to keep possession leading to the goal. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was absolutely terrific. I mean, this game was almost over. Um, Ooh. I mean, they spent how many, you know, a whole shift. Robertson spent the whole first shift just trying to enter the offensive zone and regrouping. And finally, he just changed and said, this isn't working. They spent like a minute doing it. Then they lose the puck and, you know, shot off the post. Another scoring chance, I think a two-on-one was the first chance Seattle had. Seattle had every chance to win this game. And again, if that shot off the post by Veneers goes in, it's a whole different narrative. But instead, uh, instead, right, Harley and Duchesne turned turned something pretty magical out and yeah. I mean, you always want your local team to win, but sometimes when a player's on the ice and geez, tonight I was like, Oh my goodness. Matty Beneers is good. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Cause he's, he's had that sophomore. I mean, it's a good reminder for Wyatt yeah. Johnson too. Who's also yeah. struggling that, you know, the, the, the player's still the player, right? And nothing right. hasn't changed. Uh, nothing's yeah. changed. Veneers hasn't changed. Johnson also, also almost won it in, in overtime too. Right. And kudos to the coaching staff, right? He's not getting, you know, stashed in the fourth line or something like they're doing over in Columbus where, you know, the good players aren't, or the good young players aren't producing up to the coach's standards. Johnson's still doing a lot of things. Well, he always will. It's why the stars loved him and drafted him. Um, and he's still getting chances in overtime. That's always a big thing to me when a coach is willing to give young players like Harley or Johnston, uh, even earlier in the season, I think Lundquist was getting some chances in overtime and regardless of how everything shook out now, you know, credit to the coaching staff for for being willing to trust these players and for someone like Harley having the confidence to know I can try something in overtime. It's not just about don't get caught low, right? It's 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 really cool to see young players like that having the guts and and the confidence of their coaches to to take risks like that in smart situations and yeah. have them be rewarded for it. No, you're absolutely right. And you talk about slumps. I mean, Pedersen, who comes in Thursday, I know it's weird because Vancouver is kind of like the the Yankees are a large market team. So they're talking hockey all the time, but they were down on Pedersen for a while mm-hmm. and uh, no longer down. Boy, that draft, when you look back at it, Robert, <laughs> woo, that was pretty stocked. That yeah. one, I mean, we're going to be talking about that one like. Oh, I can't remember what it was in the 2000, it was like 2002 or something like that, 2003, where they just, you know, ridiculous amount of talent or something like that. Yeah. That was a good one. Yep. Except Philadelphia. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, K Twiz checks in. Hey, K Twiz. Very simple question. Why is Ryan Suter still a part of this team and still on the ice? He's a defensive liability, and all of Stars Nation knows this. Well, as Robert has correctly pointed out, I mean, you know, he's definitely not the worst, and they don't have anyone to replace him. He also fed Robertson for a great breakaway, uh, in, yeah. in, you know, partway through the game. I mean, again, I think Ryan Suter's flaws and limitations at this point in his career have been well covered. Everyone's aware of them. We saw him in the playoffs last year. I, I'm I, look, I was one of his most vocal critics, uh, you know, after he first came here and it's, you know, it's typical, right? The veteran just gets all this trust and it seems like he's coasting on his laurels a little bit to a fan, right? From a fan perspective. And so every, every mistake he makes or apparently lazy play, you want to jump on him, but it's clear how the coaches are going to use him. It's clear that the coaches are also aware that he has some limitations too. So I just don't think there's, there's much point being too worried. The coaches are aware of what he is and what he isn't. And they also don't have any better options right now. So it, I'm, I'm not too worried. I think over the long haul, uh, things are going to work out the way they need to work out. Tyler Mayer at Merican. Great uh, Twitter username. So you signed Duchesne to an extension as soon as he's eligible, right? Not allowed that's, to talk about it, Tyler. Right. Yes. That's a good way to pay the highest possible market value for him. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you know, once again, I just want people to realize you have Maverick Bork and Stankoven, and you have to find space for these guys at some point, and you have to free up space for trade deadline possibilities in the future. So, I mean, you know, maybe he'll accept a Pavelski deal. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Here's, um, here's, if you want to really get crazy talking about yeah, talking about, I love getting crazy. Trading, Talk to me. They would never do this, right? They would never do this. But there's a world in which the stars know they need cap space and they they have, you know, Bork and Stankoven and they say, you know what, what are the really valuable chips that we do have? And they start looking at trading someone like, again, they won't do this, right? You don't do this, right? As a right. GM, this is how you lose your job. But how much would other teams pay for Duchesne right now? How, how, oh, yeah. what about trading him to fix your defensive problems? Again, with the top line scuffling, you can't do it. It'd be stupid, right? You'd get fired yeah. as a GM if you do this. But Duchesne is so valuable right now. It's a one year contract. Uh, Jim Nill probably wouldn't do it too because that, you know, Duchesne signed here on a sweetheart deal, right? And Jim Nill usually does right by players like that in those situations. But in a perfect world, if you're playing a video game, there's a world in which you trade Duchesne to fix your, your defensive problems right now. Yeah. And trust that, that, you know, Maverick Bork, I would say uh, you bring him up on that second line with, with Sagan and Marchment and, yeah. and you just kind of hope that you, you actually don't lose too much. Again, you would, Duchesne's been incredible this year, but there's, there's a world, right? There's a fantasy world out there in, in where the assets in a vacuum, you would want to try to use them for something like that. Cause you've got the forward prospects uh, ready to play in the top six, or at least you'd like to see them do that but you need help on the blue line. And boy, that's a crazy way you could try to do it, but no. it won't happen. But I mean, you could be a team and you go to the stars and say, you need cap relief. Let me get, let me grab one of your players. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Colorado had to get rid of. True. You know, we saw that tonight. The the issue there is the stars are already pretty light on draft picks for the next couple of yes, drafts, absolutely. both for like players like the domestic off trade a couple of years ago and other yep. things. Um, so there are, I think they only have like four or five picks in the next two drafts. So yeah. Nils kind of light unless you're trading, you know, 2026, 27 draft picks. Yeah. That, that gets trickier. So again, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the trade deadline. And that, that is the currency that teams want. They want yep. picks. Yep. And they want uh, them sooner. They want them now to help rebuild now. They don't want them. Yeah. Three years yeah. 
Uh, Thackman checks in at Thackman05. Do you think this team will be able to get on a real winning streak even without Otter during his injury? Also, do you think it will make the GM possibly think about having a little extra money in the future to bring up a goalie if one goes down? I have to say this, Stars fans, your questions are on point. I mean, that's that's what's so cool about love doing spits and suds it's like you're asking about duchene you're asking about you know things like this as far as freeing up cap space like i love the education level of these questions so uh to answer your question i think it needs to be done um at some point you have to give yourself some cap flexibility um you know at the same time i think they look at the window and say you know we're going for it this is the time what i love about this team is the window's not closing. The window is now, but you have a next wave coming through and you don't see that in sports. Usually it's the windows now and you trade away all your prospects so that you can further enhance that window. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what's coming up because I mean, I think Bork's the real deal. Stankoven's the real deal. Love Bixel. Um, so you know, let's answer those two questions real quick, Robert. Um, one with, um, I do think they can get a winning streak going uh, without Otter. And yeah. um, I, I am interested to see where nil goes in the future as far as, you know, some cap flexibility. Well, uh, the other thing you could say about the Raddick Fox scratch tonight is, you know, if you trust that fourth line with Craig Smith, Sam Steele and, and Ty Delandria, then then Foxa does does solve a lot of that for you, right? That's what would 3.25 or whatever yeah. he's making. Yep. Um that that's a contract you can move out. I think he has a limited no trade. It's he does. Like five teams or something like that. Yeah. So so you can work with that, right? Yeah. Um again that hurts that hurts. You don't a player that's been there a long time. He's a former first round pick too. Yeah. Um and you know big big part of the team. Good great guy. Everyone loves Roddick Foxa. Um a lot of good things to say about him. But uh that's that's you're that limited where that's the sort of player you have to look at moving out if you're going to try to get cap space because there just aren't a lot of other options there uh you know if you want to keep your team as deep as it is and depth is a big deal especially going into the playoffs as we saw last year you you need those players so i that's the first name that's going to come up in terms of players you can trade and players that have money that then would be available but i i don't know that you want to trade a player like that right now that 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 reduces a lot of your margin for error so yeah. Yep. Some guy named at David Castillo, AC says Roberto. No, I have, I have him muted. So you'll have to read that one too. <laughs> He's going to take full credit for your career. He really is. isn't he? Okay. Oh, okay. We won't get into it now, but uh, David came on board defending big D a year after I did. So I was See? the, I was the veteran writer. I started in 2014. He started in 2015 and I was the, the old grizzled veteran, you know, when he came on board and then he's, you know, right <laughs> right and left and right and all you know all this dave is wonderful i love the guy um but don't don't anyone try to tell don't let anyone try to tell you that that he's been around longer he just he just you know writes more yeah. and, and better and is more popular than i am but uh you I know mean, i'm the jordy Diz jamie i guess is what i'm saying yeah and then he wants to drop the mitts with me saying i don't have the stones to have robert tiffin on well i got the stones well, tonight well he watches ufc so that's scary enough for me he I does yeah him. no he yeah. does that's great <laughs> All right. Uh, at Ryan Suter fan at fan Suter. Uh, I like Foxa, but Delhi seems comfortable uh, centering that line with Steele and Smith. If it seems like some sort of external blue line upgrade is needed, cap requirements would require losing someone who on the roster do you think management maybe consider trading? Um, 
interesting. You did mention Foxa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delandre is a former first round pick, so he might be um, kind of inviting because he, the team that would get him would have control of him because yeah. he is a restricted free agent. So, you know, he's shown glimpses. However, I don't know if I'm a team, if I'm giving up much, yeah. you know, to receive someone that's been a healthy scratch for a lot. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. The stars are in a tough spot. They don't have those super valuable assets. You know, Fox might be valuable. You know, Fox is the type of piece that you get to like bolster your bottom six going into the playoffs. Right. So what player is a playoff team going to give up? You know, you're really, like you said earlier with a team like Seattle or someone, or maybe Calgary, if they really fall off, you're, you're hoping to pick, pick those teams clean because they just have to get something right. This is where Jim Nill has shined in the past with like the Patrick, Patrick Sharp trade and, and stuff like this, where the teams are limited in their flexibility and they have to get rid of assets. These are the trades Jim Nill likes to make because he can usually, you know, come out pretty, pretty good and not have to give up too much. But these really big names, it's tougher. You know, it's kind of like the Matt Zuccarello trade where you have to start yeah. giving up at least conditional first round picks when, when you know, they're out there because every team wants players like that. So, yeah, maybe you trade Foxa if you can just to create space because you trust that, you know, maybe you'll shelter a player like Maverick Bork in the fourth line or something like that if you need if you need to, to play him, right? Or he's a black ace for the playoffs or something like that. But, man, I don't know. He's got his work cut out for him. Chris at Masker of Ants asks, what would it take to see both Tanif brothers in Dallas? I know it's wishful thinking, but just curious here. I think all your draft picks for the next four years would do the yeah. would do the trick. I mean, yeah, I saw I saw some quote where someone uh, someone asked him a week or two ago. Uh, I think it was Brandon. Um, have you guys ever tried to like play in the same name, the same city or something like that? And they essentially the response was, oh yeah, that'd be. I mean, it's a hockey player, right? It, yeah, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. I don't know. It, it almost happened one time, but yeah, it'd be kind of cool. So. Uh, they they'd be up for it, I guess. They don't appear yeah. to you know be like the Kachuk brothers that maybe can't stand each other sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, again, assets in cap space. You you have not as many assets as Jim Neal has had, at least not that you really want to trade, right? Unless you want to talk about trading one of Bork or Stankoven to try to win a cup right now. Uh, I doubt that he would do that right now. But who yeah. knows? But that's really what you're talking about at that point. There, there really needs to be a deep dive as far as the background on the Tanif brothers and the family, because I mean, both both the Tanifs and the Kachucks, and that's why it's a great question, Chris. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the word I think of is grit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, watching the Ottawa Senators the other night against the Stars, I'm like, how is this Ottawa team with all this talent? And we saw that they fired their coach today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reason why, because my goodness do the kachuk brothers just create havoc whether it's physicality or scoring and their size and their leadership it's just um and then you look at the tanifs i mean they're all over the ice blocking shots doing whatever it takes it's just you know i mean uh, hockey brotherhood is fascinating to me yeah. you know and the ben ben brothers are the same it's just mm-hmm. like you know i love hearing the backgrounds and really it's one of the only sports where you see you know i don't want to say common but you do see it on a regular basis Mm-hmm. There, yeah, the Jamie Jordy connection. You know, I know more about that, obviously, just because I'm closer to to that situation than you know, like the Tanas or the Hughes or, or the Kachucks or something like that. But yeah, there, there's you know, you don't want to say it right because you're too cool. You're you're athletes, right? You got to be stoic and everything. But uh, you know, it's cool. Those moments mean a lot, right? Jordy being on the ice for for Ben getting that last point to win the Art Ross Trophy, or Ben Jordy being on the bench. You know, that clip of of Jordy celebrating and just being. Yeah 
you know, I, I guarantee if you asked him, he would say that moment was probably cooler than any any of his personal accomplishments in the NHL. Just being there for that moment with his brother, and he said stuff like that a lot. I mean, it, it does mean something, whether or not they say it. You know, beginning to play in the same city, getting to be there for those moments, it's pretty cool. Um, anyone who's got family, you know, understands that feeling. Probably, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, heck of a run for Jordy Ben too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was an it, it, you know impressive. Um, why did I think he played for the Allen Americans briefly? I guess he did. Uh, he well, he played at just about every level of professional hockey you can. Yeah, play he for. played for the Victoria Salmon Kigs of the ECHL. For some reason, mm-hmm. I thought he was with Allen briefly, but I guess not. Yeah, I mean, undrafted, right? Played his way up through through every level you can imagine. I don't have it in front of me, and you know, you should buy Sean's book and read about it because it's pretty cool. But uh, it, it, yeah, he's one of those players. He carved a hockey career out for himself. Um, and and then he, you know, made made a lot of cool moments as a result of it. So yeah. I mean he scored a penalty shot goal in the NHL. How cool is that? That you have no. this depth defenseman who gets a penalty creates the chance to to get a penalty shot called yeah. and then scores on it. I mean that that's geez, just cool. That's the stuff that keeps you coming back to hockey, right? Yeah, the highlight reels and the superstars, that's all great. But those are the moments I'm always drawn to. You know, players like like the quirky players like Alishemsky. I love moments like that. Yeah. They're just those weird parts uh, uh, on the fabric of the game, those weird patches in the quilt. Uh, and you love telling those stories because unless you were there, you know, those don't get told as often. Right. And I want to pat myself on the back. He did play for the Allen Americans. When, the you, Allen see, Americans I, were when you said CHL. that, I thought you were right. But then, you yeah. Said, yeah. I mean, that's going way back before the ECHL. They were in the CHL. And yeah. Jordy Ben did briefly play. And then he, you know, from there became a Texas star and, yeah. and, and the rest is uh history. Okay. At Robert Tiffin. And then if you see any of his articles on D magazine, just keep pressing the button and just get those clicks up. Right. So we tell those editors at D magazine sure. yeah. that Robert Tiffin is for real, but, yeah. but follow him. He's got great analytical data. Um, it's just, it's, it's really impressive. You're a terrific follow my friends. I am so sorry. I said 20 minutes and I've kept you for an hour. Um, hey. I know it, I know it's flown. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think stars fans will agree. You were an absolute beast tonight. Well, it's the holidays and frankly, anything to keep David off this microphone is a service just to the public in general. So <laughs> I'm doing my part. Well, we will, we will not abuse you, but we will ask you back, um, because you were terrific and I'm sure everyone will, hit me up and say, Oh, Robert Tiffin was great. Just like, you know, had, you know, David's great and Sean's great. And man, you guys have just helped this podcast out so much. So if you're listening to this and you're on Amazon and you're buying Sean's book, we win here and making it a bestseller or something like that. Take the time and, and support Robert as well. Um, because you know, these guys are nice enough to help grow spits and suds. So we want to help them. It's it's a cool community. I know it's been said before, but in a in a football town, and even with the Mavericks winning championship and everything, the the star the people who care about the stars, it's a cool community. And I've I've been really fortunate to meet a lot of really good folks. So uh, it's the stuff you built here here is cool, and I, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean will join us tomorrow. We'll talk NHL, and we'll we're gonna dive into all the boarding that's happening in the NHL. And will the NHL Board of Governors do anything regarding that? We'll also go around the NHL, talk about the new co- coach in Ottawa, and we'll also uh, obviously get Sean's thoughts on tonight's four to three overtime win. So that's gonna do it for Spits and Suds. Thank you, one and all, for listening. I did want to add. 
Um, it's the holiday season and everyone's busy. And uh, some of you said, oh, I didn't know I missed that podcast. Well, that's why you hit the subscribe button, because when you hit the subscribe button, it shows up right on your phone or right in your email. And therefore, you know, you can always listen to Spits and Suds because we're trying to do these on a regular basis so that you always have quality up to the minute stars content. So thank you one and all. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on Spits and Suds.